message, I, I want to share a couple of words. Um, first, two weeks, not this next Sunday night, Sunday night after that, two Sunday nights away, we're going to take the end of the service for the Building and Grounds Committee, uh, the chairman, Travis, to present uh, to us an idea that they've been working on for us to meet together for fellowship and uh, a place to meet using the courtyard. So I encourage you to be in prayer for that. and I want to get the word out, get as many people here as possible to talk about that as a possibility as uh, the committee shows us what we've been working on, as Travis shares with us. Secondly, um, I wanted to share with you, Kathy was just sharing with me as far as with Lisa and Jerry and any kind of funeral service for her dad, they have decided to have a, a private type service at the VA hospital, and they haven't set a date as of yet. I think they're just going to have family and, and, and just a few people. So just continue to be in prayer for them. Is there anything I need to add to that, Kathy? Thank you, Kathy. So continue to remember them in prayer. Well, tonight I want to look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 through 5. And we're going to be talking about dealing with burdens. So I encourage you when you find that text to stand in God's honor as I read aloud. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be together tonight to look at your truth and, and to be together. Father, we need you. I, I just ask, Father, that you might take my feeble attempt at sharing your truth. And, Father, may you speak way beyond what I can. And, Father, we just want to hear from you. Thank you for these dear people, Father, that we're able to be together and that you have brought us together, Lord. And that's what you do, and we love you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Think about burdens. There are different types of burdens. There are health burdens or physical burdens. There are people who live in a lot of pain. People who have health issues that are such a struggle. And uh, I was mentioning this morning in Sunday school, when I was a kid, I had an aunt that it just seemed like we were always having some kind of disagreement with her and the family. There was always some kind. And I didn't understand as a kid what was happening. But as I got older, I began to realize that they dealt, her and her husband dealt 
with a tough situation. Their daughter, when she was three years old, had a stroke and remained three years old the rest of her life. And they had to care for her, and she had some real difficulties. It was very difficult for her. And when I was a kid, I didn't understand all that. And, and then as I got older, I said, oh, wow, that is tough. And there are people that, that face those type of issues, and, and that we just don't know what people are going through. And oftentimes we don't know how severe the difficulties are that they live with and they face. Not only health issues, but their spiritual issues. There are people that deal with certain temptations, and it seems like a roller coaster. Jesus, I'm going to live for you. You're going to give me victory. And next week, bam, I've done it again. I've let you down. I'm worthless. We've all been there. Blah, blah, blah. God says, when I forgive you, I forgive you. You just come with an honest heart, and I'm going to embrace you and give you that new start. That's what I love. So there are those that deal, you know, from the spiritual side, the burdens of God. I just is this is just such a heavy burden, and, and I don't know why I keep doing this, Lord. I don't know why this continues to be such a place of defeat for me when you tell me that I should be victorious. And then there are those who face emotional issues. Um, in my family, there have been several that have dealt with uh, mental illness, and. You know, the thing about mental illness is it's illogical and it's irrational. You think, well, why in the world is he doing that? It's not rational. It's not logical. It doesn't work like that. Do you think they want to be depressed? Do you think they want to be doing this uh, behavior that that uh, brings them pain? No. It's a burden. And, and quite honestly, they don't know why oftentimes. They don't understand it. The bottom line is, people are hurting for a lot of different reasons. And so the question is, what do we do, God? The different type of burdens that we face, what do we do? What, what do we do with these burdens? And, and so I want to look at this section of Scripture and look at three types of burdens. Uh, the first one that is discussed, burdens that are to be shared. He says in, in verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, he had talked about earlier about those who fall. As I say, that weakness. And, and the goal in verse 1 there is not to beat that person down further but to restore him, to restore her. To see that person, to be able to come back, to understanding they're forgiven in Jesus Christ and to move forward. It says to restore him gently. That, that's, uh, that's the purpose of it. Something to be shared. You know, to be able to come up to that person privately and just to talk to them and say, you know, I'm praying for you. I, I'm there to help you. Um, I just want to be there for you. I know this is a bad place to be, but God will get us through this. I'm there with you to carry through this, to, to share that and, and, and to work toward that. And, and he goes on this next part. Uh, he shows where there is a problem there in, in trying to communicate shared burdens. He says, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 
when there's this false sense of, well, I would never fall. There is no way I would ever do that. Be careful. <laughs> it says in Proverbs sixteen eighteen that pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. I've tried to be careful of saying I would never do that or that can never happen to my loved one. Because we all have feet of clay. And the truth of the matter is, hopefully, I won't do something way out there. But Jesus, keep me close. Because I'm not perfect either. And to have that attitude of understanding that I could fall. God, keep me close. And, and so when other people fall, to have compassion toward them. Not to say, man, you get out of here. You're not worthy to come worship with us. You're not worthy to be a part of this church. Baloney. Treat them with that, that heart of forgiveness and, and seek to draw them back. You know, uh, like they said in the meeting, they were asking, uh, there's no perfect people. And so the leader in the meeting said, does anybody know a perfect person? And this guy raised his hand. He said, well, I've never met him, but to hear my wife talk, it was her first husband. <laughs> okay. point is, you know, there's no perfect people. And so burdens are to be shared, to, to draw people back in. Uh, in the book of Ruth, remember Ruth is she went into the land and and even though she wasn't a Hebrew, she came in and came into Boaz's family and he showed kindness to her. Um, as we see in uh, Ruth two thirteen, he says, "May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my lord?" She said, "You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your." servants. And so the next burden to be shared is when people are sad. There's been some kind of tragedy happen. And you know, it's just so hard when that happens to know what to say. And quite honestly, many times there's nothing too wonderful to say. I guess what's most important is the fact you're there and the fact that they see you know you love them. I'll never forget, I shared this recently, uh, there was a guy named David Hyde, a pastor uh, in the area of one place where we were. We had a minister's meeting and David was dying of liver cancer. And he was one of those, you know, you'd think every couple of weeks he was about dead and he would come back to the minister's meeting. It's like, wow. And he came in one day and he was just really depressed because uh, they had told him, you know, we don't even know why you're still alive. Your things are bad, and and there were about ten of us ministers in there. And David said, "Guys, I just need some help. Why is this happening to me? I'm, I'm, you know, I've sat and I've cried, and I don't understand why." And well, we wanted help, so guys started sharing. Came to me, and I said, "David, I have no idea, but man, I do love you," and I hugged him. After the thing was over, David came up to me and whispered in my ear, and he said, Todd, you're the only one in the whole group that made any sense at all. Why is that? Because there are some things that are just bigger than we are, and we just need to know we're loved. And, and of course, I guess in our minds, we know God loves us, but sometimes we need a person that shows God's love in a, in a tangible way, in a physical way, to, to reach out 
to us and to let us know. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so there's a picture here where Paul is sharing to the church at Corinth. He said, he's a God that comforts us in all our troubles. And he doesn't waste those troubles. He says, it is so that we can comfort those in any trouble. In other words, those painful times we go through can be used as an opportunity to comfort somebody else. George W. Truitt, who years ago was a pastor of First Baptist Dallas, there was a lady in the church who'd had a miscarriage. And she was just so broken, and he had counseled her for like four hours, he and his wife, trying to comfort her, and he just couldn't do it. And finally, he thought of another lady in the church who'd had a miscarriage. And he and his wife went to her and said, can you help this lady somehow? And so they went with this lady over uh, to see this dear woman. And in five minutes, he said, she accomplished more than I did in five hours of trying to counsel her. Why? Because it's someone who'd been there. Someone who knew her pain and she knew it. And, and, you know, I went to a grief uh, conference recently. And that was the big thing I took out of there. You know, like the aha moment. You know, when you want to go over to comfort somebody, the guy said, try to find somebody else in the church that has been through a similar painful experience and, and take them with you to provide some comfort. You see, your painful times are not waste. Maybe God is just getting ready to use you to help comfort somebody through something you have struggled with. A burden to be shared. Uh, all right, second type of burdens are burdens to be shouldered. Uh, look at verse 5. He says, For each one should carry his own load. And these are burdens that come because of choices that we have made uh, as a result of that. And first, well, the consequences of personal sin. God forgives us when we sin and we come to Him, we ask forgiveness, but that doesn't mean He takes away the scars. Sometimes there are deep scars left as a result of sin. And you live with those. Look at verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. One who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There's scars that happen from those choices that were made um, through past sin. God forgives you, but there are relationships that are broken, or maybe there are health issues uh, or financial problems that were a result of those choices that were outside of God's plan. And, you know, the easy thing to do is play the blame game. Well, if, if, 
you know, my parents had done this for me, or, or if my friend had stepped in and helped me, like they, they said they really cared about me, but then when I needed them, they weren't anywhere to be found. And, you know, here's the thing with sin. Confession and repentance talk about saying, it's my fault. I'm the one that's responsible. And there are some burdens you just have to come to grips with. Uh, Lord, I'm the reason I'm here. And God, help me through this, to, to get through this difficult time. And you know, we've been doing that since the beginning of time. You remember in the Garden of Eden, and you know, Adam turned and, and said, it's this woman you gave me. And then you remember Eve, she looked over at Adam and said, no, it's that snake. No, no, no not Adam. It, but, but the serpent. But there was the blame game that was going on. There was not, you know, there wasn't just a direct admission that this is what I did. That this was my choice, and I'm paying a price because of that choice. And then to be shouldered is that most serious question of our relationship with God. You see, the Bible tells us that we're going to face judgment. And it's not based on merely what we've done and what we're going to do. Um, turn me to John chapter 3. We quote John 3.16 all the time. I think it's interesting though when you look at the verses that follow. Um, verse 17 and 18, he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world... God doesn't want to condemn you. That wasn't the purpose of sending Jesus. What was the purpose? To save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. It's not about I will be condemned. It's about without Jesus I already stand condemned. <laughs> I already need a Savior. I come in that position where I need to be forgiven. I need that hope. And that's a burden to be sheltered, and it's nothing to play with. Um, as the Bible's clear on judgment that awaits us. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Now, praise be to God that the Bible makes it clear that there's only one sin you can't be forgiven of. And that sin is to re reject Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. To reject God's perfect sacrifice and to turn away from Jesus. That, that's the one way you miss heaven. That's the one way you miss God's forgiveness is to miss His satisfied means Jesus Christ. Now, I don't, I don't understand exactly how it's going to work, but it scares me sometimes, just to be honest with you, about for Christians as we stand before Him and there is a judgment. The one that gets me, I think it's in Matthew, where it says we'll be held accountable for every idle word. Ouch! Um, and I don't know how all these things play together. I do know this. I can't help but believe in a God that's forgiving. And I like to think that when it's all said and done, He's going to say... Jesus has taken care of it all. And we'll move on. But for the one that doesn't receive Christ, the one who doesn't trust Christ, it's bad. It's worse than bad. It's the worst worst can get. 
as Scripture talks about eternal life. We, when we talk about eternal life, often we think about eternal life in heaven, but there's eternal life in hell. A life that never ends there as well, uh, that awaits. And that is a judgment that must be shouldered. It is no one else's responsibility to stand before God's judgment for you. Your parents can't go for you. Your grandparents can't go for you. Uh, Sunday school teachers, pastors, uh, whoever that you've looked up to that walked with God. He's not judging them at the moment. He's judging you. And each of us are going to be held accountable for what we have done with Jesus Christ. Have we really placed our faith in Jesus Christ? That's what it comes down to. And that burden must be shouldered it, uh, individually. It can't be taken care of by anyone else. It's something you and I have to do individually. And then there's one last uh, one here. Southern burdens are meant to be shed. In Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen, it tells us, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. I love that picture. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior. <laughs> he daily bears our burdens. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you don't take a day off and say, oh, Not today. Get out of here. <laughs> Every day. He bears his burdens. He says in Psalm fifty-five twenty-two, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Jesus is our great burden bearer. And there are some burdens He wants us to shed, not to carry, but to place upon His shoulders. You know, there's burdens to be shared, burdens to be shouldered, but there's also burdens to be shed that, that we don't need to carry, that we need to give to the Lord. I love Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, words of Jesus. He says, Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus says, He invite it's an invitation. Come to me with this burden. Let me carry it. Stop trying to carry this burden by yourself. Now, when we do this, when we come with those burdens and, and give it to the Lord, those that are to be shed and given to Him, there's one of two ways He responds. The first way is to lift the burden from you. I like this way. It's a, a convenient and uh, less pain. Uh, you know, there's a financial bill and you say, I don't know how in the world we're going to pay this. And we've all been there. I've, Cindy and I have had times it's like, how are we going to get through this? Well, we did. I'm here. It's amazing how God comes through. Sometimes He just takes the burden away. Sometimes He lifts the burden. Sometimes He lifts you. What do I mean by that? I mean, there are sometimes, instead of removing the burden, He gives you grace. And in some ways, this is one of the most powerful means of witness. When a believer who leans upon Jesus Christ 
gives a burden and continues to suffer through it with the help of His Savior, it is an incredible witness. It is supernatural to see someone who has a peace and a joy in the midst of an incredible storm. That's not the way of the world. That's the power of God. And it has an impact on people's lives to to see people who are able to rise above the natural way of handling it and live in the supernatural way. Remember Paul. Turn me to 2 Corinthians 12. and You know, Paul, he had a, a thorn and doesn't tell us exactly what the thorn is, but he tells us that he, he came to God and, and he asked God several times to take it away, uh, this thorn in the flesh. In verse 8, he says, Three times I plead with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And there's a lot of truth in that. To see God carry a believer through that difficulty... And to be able to maintain an attitude of a thankful heart and an attitude of hope, it, it just displays the power of God. And, and um, I've seen it, you've seen it, and it's just such a blessing. There's some burdens we're meant to give to the Lord, and He'll sustain us. There's a story about a guy that he was carrying a big, heavy sack of potatoes. <laughs> and a guy stopped and picked him up and said, Climb in the truck, I'll give you a ride. And he goes, Okay. So he sits down in the truck, but he continues to hold those potatoes up. And he says, why don't you put those potatoes in the floorboard and take a rest, man? He goes, listen, it's wonderful that you decide to pick me up and to carry me on into town. But I can't expect you to carry these potatoes, too. And sometimes it's kind of the way we get, you know, God, I, I, I'll take this. I'll hold on to this. You know, and you're just straining. And God says, just set it down. Just just take some rest. As I close, I want to share with you that great song, I Must Tell Jesus. Listen to the words once again uh, that reminds us where to go with our burdens. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. And then the chorus. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He's a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask Him, He will deliver, make of my troubles quickly and end. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, He all my cares and sorrows will share. Oh, how the world to evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus, and He will help me over the world, the victory to win. And of course, the chorus. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, 
I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Let's pray. Lord, we are a burdened bunch for different reasons. That your grace extends to all types of burdens, Lord. Whether they're burdens to be shared, shouldered, or shed. Father, you're the place to find strength. Father, I don't know tonight what burdens are here. But I know you're the burden bearer, Lord. May we not forget you as we hurt. And help us know how we can allow you to work through us to comfort one another, Father. And just do that work, God. We need you, Lord. And and we need to tell you, because you'll help us. But, Father, help us know, too, when to find help from each other. Father, you're a God that you don't want us to hurt. You work in that hurt, but you love us. And I thank you for that, Father. Lord, uh, what do you want to do in this time? Maybe someone needs to come to the altar and pray. Maybe there's something to be shared publicly. Maybe just right where we are, you are doing business in somebody's heart. So, Father, we just ask you to just do what you want, Lord, that you might be free to speak to us. And Father, may we say yes to whatever you say to us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen.